Hello again, and welcome to the AZPM News Daily, a wrap-up of all the day's coverage from Arizona Public Media. I'm Steve Jess. Coming up today, state officials launch a criminal probe into the way the sheriff's office handled a sexual assault case. A state task force calls for changes to Arizona elections and an in-depth look at school funding measures on the ballot. First up today, the Arizona Attorney General's Office will conduct a criminal investigation into Pima County Sheriff Chris Nanos's handling of a sexual assault case involving two sheriff's office employees. Hannah Cree tells us more. The investigation by the Attorney General will not be administrative but criminal. That was characterized as a significant development by Sergeant Aaron Cross, the head of the Pima County Deputies Organization. But when I saw that he specifically mentioned that as a criminal investigation, I was just as surprised as everyone else. The chain of command in charge the night of the alleged assault of a female deputy by her superior Ricardo Garcia has faced intense scrutiny from the union and public for allegedly failing to intervene in the assault in December 2022. Cross said he hopes this step gives her some answers. The victim in this case is not asking for an internal investigation into Ricky Garcia. She's asking explicitly for an investigation into her chain of command and why they did nothing when they were notified that it was happening. I think accountability is getting some answers to her. Garcia was quickly fired and arrested after the incident. Sheriff Nanos told AZPM he welcomes the investigation and will cooperate in any way the department can. I'm Hannah Curry, AZPM News. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs has released the full report by the Bipartisan Elections Task Force. Summer Hom reports the task force made proposals for changes to Arizona law and enhanced communication for poll workers. The 18-member task force proposed changes to enhance the recruitment of Arizona's election workers and changes to the law regarding early voting, voter registration, and voting rights. The 69-page report proposed changing state law to automatically restore the voting rights of convicted felons once released from incarceration. The report also proposed changing the law to make election officer certification training available every year instead of every other year to help more election officials get certified ahead of elections. In an effort to get more Arizonans registered to vote, the report recommended making the provisional ballot form also serve as a voter registration form. I'm Summer Hom, AZPM News. Arizona Secretary of State Adrian Fontes told members of Congress that embattled election administrators need more support. Fontes told the Senate Rules and Administration Committee about the problems Arizona counties have faced retaining and recruiting qualified election employees. He said 12 out of 15 Arizona counties have lost senior election personnel since 2020, and election administrators have faced increased threats and harassment based on misinformation about past elections. Arizona cities, tribes, and other water users have agreed to conservation measures that will significantly reduce the state's use of Colorado River water over the next two years. Bureau of Reclamation Commissioner Camille Kemlimlim Tutin says the new agreements, coupled with those announced earlier this year, will conserve nearly a million acre feet through 2026. As a result of the commitment to record volumes of conservation in the basin and recent hydrology, the chance of falling below critical elevations was reduced significantly at Lake Mead and Lake Powell through 2026. Governor Katie Hobbs says the new agreements are critical parts of the commitment made by Arizona, California, and Nevada to collectively conserve 3 million acre-feet of water by 2026 
That's enough water for about 9 million homes. Flu activity is on the rise nationally and across the state. From the Arizona Science Desk, we hear from Nicholas Gerbis. The state health department reported 190 new cases this week, bringing the seasonal total to 627. That's a 44% increase over last year and more than two and a half times that of a typical flu season. Just over half of those cases occurred in Maricopa County, where more than three-fifths of Arizonans reside. Notably, Mojave County, home to Lake Havasu City, Kingman, and several Indian reservations, accounts for 8% of cases statewide, despite hosting only 3% of the state's population. CDC says everyone six months and older should get an annual flu vaccine. I'm Nicholas Gerbis in Phoenix. Calls for help to Pima County's Emergency Eviction Legal Services Office continue to rise. The office offered legal help to about 5,000 people last fiscal year. That's about four times what it saw in its first year of operation. Andy Flagg oversees the department that includes the office. He says legal assistance is often necessary because the eviction court process can be complicated. Legal advice, legal representation, number one, it it empowers tenants by allowing them to know what their rights are and what their rights are not under the law. Um, And then for those cases that are appropriate for full-blown representation in court, it, it provides that level playing field for tenants. A recent study by Moody's Analytics found that rent in Tucson has doubled since 2003, and the average household is now spending almost a quarter of its income on rent. To hear more about Southern Arizona's rental market, catch this week's episode of The Buzz, available on our website, news.azpm.org. The University of Arizona has launched the public portion of a new funding campaign it's calling Fuel Wonder. At the launch this morning, the university announced a head start of nearly $120 million in recent donations. U of A graduate and founder of the university's new Center for Retailing, Terry Lundgren, said students will see the benefits of the money immediately. Nine out of ten students at the University of Arizona require some sort of funding uh, to get through college. So giving them that opportunity is what this campaign's all about. University representatives say the campaign is already over $2 billion into its $3 billion goal. That includes every donation received since 2017. University President Robert Robbins says priorities for the funding include multiple building renovations and new student success programs. Local school districts are looking to voters once again this election season to approve initiatives that will fund everything from art programs to school safety. Danielle Kamara has a detailed look in this feature report. Several Tucson-area school districts are asking voters to approve either bonds or overrides, including the area's two largest school districts, Tucson Unified and Sunnyside. In Tucson Unified, where 77% of its 41,000 students qualify for free and reduced lunch, a measure of poverty, the district is asking voters to approve a $480 million bond for basic upgrades to floors, bathrooms, HVAC systems, and plumbing as well as learning spaces such as science and computer labs, and upgrades to safety and security, transportation, and IT infrastructure. Governing Board President Ravi Shah says the bond will help ensure the district's 88 schools can modernize and upgrade. Uh, Every single one of our TUSC schools would see a benefit, uh, a few million dollars probably each to each school, elementary, middle, and high school. 
So every single one of our, our campuses would have a benefit. TUSD and other school districts asked for voter-approved funding initiatives because of state budget cuts that date back to 2008. We're not able to maintain uh, our aging facilities uh, based on the funding that we're getting from the state based on per-pupil uh, enrollment in our schools. So we're just able to you know, fix systems and their breaks. So every, every single end of July, early August, uh, every school year that I've been on the board, I've been getting emails from parents and staff throughout our district about HVAC systems that are not working. The bonds will be repaid from a property tax levy within the district that will cost the owner of a $100,000 home about $69 annually for 24 years. Both TUSD and Sunnyside, where more than 80% of their 14,000 students qualify for free and reduced lunch, have been unable to pass the bonds and overrides they've asked voters to approve in the last six years. Sunnyside is asking voters to approve an $8 million override for operations costs and safety and security, academic growth support, and arts and athletics, as well as programs that prepare students for workforce and college opportunities and maintaining competitive teacher and support staff pay. None of the funding would go to administrative pay. The district is also asking for a $7 million or 10% budget override that would modernize aging school buildings and fine arts and athletic facilities, provide classroom technology, curriculum, furniture, and equipment, and buy new school buses and service vehicles. District spokeswoman Maricela Felix says there is a lot riding on these initiatives passing, including maintaining robust extracurricular programs. So the fine arts and athletics, we want to be able to continue to offer those programs, our music programs um, that are available for K-12 students. Um, Sometimes it's those things that keep students in school, and so it's really important for us to be able to continue to offer all of those extracurricular activities and those fine arts programs. These overrides would be funded through levies on property tax in the district and would cost the average homeowner in the district with a home valuing just more than $100,000, about $136 and $118 a year, respectively, for seven years. Flowing Wells and Saurita Unified Districts are also asking voters to decide on an override for one district and a bond for the other. Voters typically approve funding initiatives in both these districts. I'm Danielle Kamara, AZPM News. And that'll catch you up on everything we've covered today at Arizona Public Media. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the AZPM News Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Jess, and we'll be back after the weekend.